there's value in risk-taking just as much as there's value in eliminating risk. Hello and welcome to the Board Shorts podcast brought to you by Get On Board Australia, the destination for new and aspiring board members and company directors. This podcast is called Board Shorts because boards and governance can sometimes be a dry topic. So I'm bringing you valuable, easy to digest information on board and company director related topics, concepts and ideas in 30 minutes or less. Whether you're looking to join a board or thrive in the boardroom, this podcast is designed just for you. My name is Lisa Cook and I'm your host. As founder and managing director of Get On Board Australia, I hope to make this podcast and the information I share valuable and useful to new and aspiring company directors and board members like you. Welcome back to another episode. In this episode of the Board Shorts podcast, I'm joined by David Campbell. Not that David Campbell, a different David Campbell. This David is an expert in risk and crisis management. But before your eyes glaze over and you skip to the next episode, David has a far more interesting way of looking at business risk than many others. And he does this by focusing on the opportunities that business risks present. Dare I say it, I think David makes talking about risk management fun. In this episode, David and I talk about what he sees is the board's role in risk and crisis management, how to change your perception of risk management as an advantage, where he sees boards get lost and overwhelmed with risk and crisis management, and some simple and practical ways that boards can start doing risk management more effectively. David is the Managing Director of Resilience Planning, a leading provider of risk, emergency, crisis, and continuity planning, training, exercising, and assurance services. He has over 20 years of experience in this field and also lectures on this topic at the University of South Australia. His career in emergency services has helped him to develop his unique perspective on risk, business continuity, and how to leverage it for strategic advantage. I hope you enjoy this episode. David, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thanks very much for having me, Lisa. That's great to have you here. Now, I just want to jump straight into things. Why do we always cringe when we hear the words risk management or crisis management? Look, really good question. I think part of what that is is that they often come with negative connotations. So people are quite fearful about what that means. People uh, are unsure about where they fit in that space. And they're worried about the negative parts of that and what that means for them in their role on the board and and how maybe if they miss something, you know, mm. where their accountabilities lie. So I think it's a it's a, also an area where people think they desperately don't want something to happen on their watch. Yeah. You know? And so um, that fear of the unknown, because quite often it's about the uncertainty, um, creates a, an environment where people are, are, are trying to... Um, understand what their responsibilities are, but are hoping not to actually have to deal with significant risks or crisis. So um, it's, it's probably that area where people have an understanding that they have a responsibility, but hope not to actually ever have to deal with it. 
That's right. I'm one of those people, <laughs> absolutely. So then what what is it, from, from your point of view, what do you see is the board's role in risk management and crisis management? Yeah, look, I think fundamentally, so boards have a responsibility for risk oversight and and, and that can be really challenging at times because there, there is times for which you can identify risks and trying to really understand the separation between what's a strategic risk and what the organisation needs to manage on a day-to-day basis. And that, and that can be challenging because the, the smallest risks can very quickly become a, a crisis. So, so there can be a, a challenge around um, the board understanding where their role sits and, and how to define that and not wanting to step over the line and become management. And so therefore, mm-hmm. there can be sometimes a challenge around, around that. So I think boards need to understand their place uh, in, a, in, in working through risks to make decisions. I think boards need to think about um, um, how their role is in determining what's acceptable um, and not just looking to minimise or eliminate risk, but how risk can be used to leverage um, the creation of value within the organisation mm. and, and what risk means to their stakeholders and what risk means to the expectations of the organisation and what risk means to meeting their objectives. And and so part of understanding that is setting a risk appetite and mm-hmm. and that in itself can be quite challenging because understanding what it means to set a risk appetite in itself um, uh, um, is is a challenging space to be in because it, mm-hmm. it's, it's about really thinking hard around what what it is that you do want to do and achieve um, while balancing the, the the risk and reward aspects of that uh, um, and and board's roles in that um, um, you know, are, are often challenged around um, the, the difference between really understanding the organisation and, and, and its profile, but especially if you're also not spending you know, you're not spending every day in the organisation on a board or you might be volunteering as part of the role, um, you might often feel that you don't have that depth of knowledge to, mm. to make some of those decisions. So it can be challenging to understand risk and appreciate what that means. Um, mm. But I think fundamentally the board um, plays a role in overseeing risk, in monitoring risk uh, and establishing a culture um, that embeds um, how they want people to deal with and see risk and see mm. that played out in executing strategy. Yeah, hugely important. Something that's been talked about a lot following the Royal Commission into the financial services. Absolutely, absolutely. And and I think one of the one of the things that's being realised in that space is um, risk is something that's not just about control and compliance. There mm-hmm. is there are other aspects of, of risk, especially around the human factors, how people respond to and behave in that space. Um, can be significant um, uh, factors associated with how how risk is played out within an organisation and the impact it has. And and I think part of the board's role is not only seeing risk from a, a negative perspective, and, mm. and that's quite often how we see risk. We, we, we see risks as things that create uncertainty and so therefore they are often have negative aspects to it. And, and I think there's an opportunity for boards to also look at risk in how they can actually use risk as, a, as an advantage, as a competitive mm. advantage, as an advantage to achieving outcomes, as an advantage to innovating um, and, and thinking differently. So, so I think boards have a responsibility to, to I guess, um, to balance their th- thinking around risk and mm. what that actually means for what they're trying to achieve. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I want to touch on what you've talked about using risk 
in a strategic way. And I know that when we've spoken previously, I found that you've had a quite an elegant way of connecting risk management with strategy. So can you talk about how you teach people to change their perception of risk management towards more so seeing it as an advantage or opportunities for advantage? Yeah, look, I, I, I'm not sure that it's that elegant, but I think I, I think it's it's really about the way in which you you shape the conversation, uh, and um, we're really used to, especially in an environment where um, work health work health and safety often drives a lot of our risk conversation, and mm-hmm. and it's quite often compliance driven, and so when we when we look at risks and we review risks, we're often looking at the things that are high likelihood, high consequence. And, and and there's a space for doing that. But I think um, if we only do that, then we're constantly in that mindset of thinking about um, trying to control or mitigate or, or, mm. or prevent things from happening. And, and, and that sort of sets the scene of, of kind of being a bit of a, a, def- a defensive space to mm. be in. And I, and I think there's okay. I think there's an opportunity um, in talking about risk and especially when you're setting strategy because strategy setting is really about how you're going to position the organisation to achieve some objectives, to create some sort of um, new future, some sort of value, um, to achieve um, what you're actually out, set out to do. And, mm-hmm. and to do that requires a level of innovation. It requires a level of creativity. It cr- requires um, being uh, ahead of other people that are trying to create similar uh, value for, for your um, stakeholders. And and customers, and regardless of if you're in a, uh, a non-for-profit environment or you're in a community environment or if you're on a, on a, um, a, a board um, um, that's a listed company, um, you're in competition with somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's, there's competition for the space you're in. And, and to add value to the people that you're servicing cr- these days requires a lot of creativity. And if you're constantly thinking about risks negatively you can miss the opportunity to think about the positive value risk can create so um so i like to try and form that conversation around yes there are a whole range of negatives associated with risk that need to be managed and and there's systems and processes for that but let's not overlook the opportunities to drive that conversation around how do we leverage off some of those risks and how do we use some of those opportunities um, to actually move us into a different position. And it might be the identification of risk actually creates some some creative thinking around doing things differently, which mm. should also create some opportunities to say, how can we improve this? How can we make yeah. it better? How can we improve our strategy? So I like to, to formulate the discussion around risk um, quite positively um, because that then... I think gives a better foundation for thinking about strategy and moving forward. Um, if and 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 risk and strategy are importantly related in that space, and you know a, a strategy success um, is dependent on your ability to manage the risks to that strategy. But if you manage the risks so um, tightly and don't actually also look at the opportunities mm. associated with that and just focus on the threats. Um, then you're potentially going to miss opportunities. Absolutely. Do you have an example of where a board has done that really well that you can share? Look, it's it's really it's a real challenge um, to uh, to see where where that actually happens because the tendency for people is to do that. I think one of the 
one of the organisations that I and you, you see a lot, um, Richard Branson with managing the Virgin Group. Um, he talks a fair bit about the way in which he deals with with risk, uh, and he really looks at it from that perspective. He looks at it from the perspective of how do we create value in this space, but he also does it in a way that is quite smart. So he makes sure that the risks that they're taking um, aren't um, overreaching and having an impact on the entire group. So there's a there's a there's a balance there, mm. um, but they don't see it as a way to prevent themselves from doing things, but mm. they use the, the, the risk profile to launch into creative um, spaces. And, mm. and, and I think um, um, I was only talking to a, 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 a kind of a, a board, it was a government council um, mm-hmm. uh, quite recently about uh, they were looking at um, redefining their, their strategy moving forward for the next three to five years. Uh, and... Um, one of the things that we did was we looked at where do their strengths lie? Um, where do their strengths lie? What are all their opportunities? Um, what are their aspirations? And what results have they actually achieved so far? Because um, one of the things we wanted to do was actually look at where the foundation was to build from. Um, and quite often looking at risks nev- negatively, we forget the successes have actually achieved by mm. taking risk. Mm. Um, and so by by looking at, uh, I guess, taking an appreciative inquiry approach, which is looking at the positive things that you can do associated with that, um, it enables you to start, I guess, I guess having the, giving the permission to dream big mm. and to think about, you know, where is, where is the next goal that we're aiming for? What are we trying to achieve next and how are we going to get there? Um, and yes, there are risks that we need to manage along the way that are threats as opposed to opportunities. Um, but um, from a from a strategy setting perspective, um, I think if you can focus the sh- and shift the focus to thinking more about what we have achieved and mm. how we can leverage that to achieve the next level we want to go to, um, that creates a more positive environment for actually setting up um, those opportunities for future success. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it just to me, it really highlights the need for a board to have a good blend of people who may be more conservative, but Mm -hmm. also those ones who are willing to take a little bit more risk. And so you can kind of find that happy medium where everyone's comfortable with the level of risk they're taking to achieve that. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the challenges with with boards is having that skill set mix of people Mm. on the board who who have the ability to both... um, um, to to think creatively and innovative, but also to be able to stand back and say, hang on a minute, have we thought of all the options? Have we thought of all the issues associated with this? There needs to be a balance. And I think um, um, renewal, board renewal is a really important Absolutely. part of that process mm. because I think there's a there's a challenge of groupthink within that board environment because you can become comfortable with things going along okay. Yeah. Um, and if you become comfortable with things going along okay, then that group think can start setting in and you stop you stop bringing in that layer of independence, especially with independent board members, mm. um, you kind of stop bringing in that level of independence that, that is actually what's meant to be an advantage of having those independent people on the board. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and there should be the... There should be the the there should be the ability for people to be brave and uh, and be able to throw in ideas without fear of um, upsetting people uh, yeah. and and not um, uh, um, uh, and not 
having um, the ability to, you know, I think people are often worried that they're going to risk their board position. Yes. Um, <laughs> by by thinking alternatively to others. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that can be a real challenge. That, that sort of, that group thinking process, I think, can yeah. be a, a, a real um, challenge for boards, especially a boards that have been in place for a period of time uh, um, or are getting towards the end of their um, their, their their time um, and they're looking to be reappointed on it they tend to try and play it safe yeah and so that can have an impact on them you know not not reaching to where they need to be Mm. uh, or not challenging the organization to actually um, look for opportunities and take take the risk so they can often become risk adverse in those periods and and I think what I try and do in in talking about strategy and using risk to do that is actually uses an opportunity to leverage um, back to where they probably were when they started, when there was a lot of excitement about what they wanted to do um, and try and draw out, well, why aren't we there anymore? You know, mm. well, what is it that's stopping you from thinking laterally like that and, and looking for opportunities? You know, where were the times in the organisation where there was real growth and momentum? Um, why isn't that happening now? Mm. Um, and is it just because we're now risk adverse mm. or uh, is it an opportunity now to actually turn that around and, and, and think differently? So sometimes it's about resetting mindsets mm. um, and taking away that layer of fear around it. just because you explore these issues doesn't mean that you also have to make the decisions about it. Absolutely. But if you don't have the conversation, yeah. you can miss the opportunity to actually use that to move forward. Yeah, and I think that just emphasises, again, the importance of the culture in the boardroom. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And, and the, the board culture really, um, you know, we talk about the board setting the culture of the organisation, but if the board loses sight of its own culture and the way in which it actually sees itself and its role in managing risk and managing strategy, um, then that's going to have an implica- impact and, and implication on how the organisation um, is is achieving its goals, um, mm. and so um, I think there's there's an opportunity there for boards to really um, um, take the time to challenge themselves uh, and and ask the tough questions themselves um, and uh, and look for opportunities um, to really say you know um, are we, are we doing what we should be doing and if not why not yeah um, so. Absolutely. And so with the boards, where do you see them get lost or overwhelmed when it comes to risk and crisis management? Yeah, look, I think I think they often fail to see risk as a tool to create value. Mm-hmm. I think risk is often seen as something that needs to be controlled or mitigated. And so therefore it tends to fall into the compliance space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and boards that focus... Uh, and and rightly so, focus around governance, um, see that sitting comfortably with them. They see the role of risk as a compliance tool um, as a way in which they can demonstrate good governance, and and, and rightly so. There's Mm -hmm. a space for that. But I think in doing that, they can then miss the opportunity um, to really dive deep into asking the questions about what is actually risk doing in their organisation and how does that form a risk culture. Um, um, how does focusing on the opportunity? How does focus? Sorry, focusing on the compliance and control um, um, also 
enable them to take opportunities that risks pro- provides as well. Mm-hmm. Um, um, there's often um, issues associated with risk where, especially when it comes to, to crisis management particularly, um, boards are often dealing with strategic issues that are more long-term. They're more future thinking. They're t- looking about um, the, the next three to five years or beyond. And so they're quite often dealing with issues that have a longer-term focus um, to what they're doing. So when it comes to a crisis that is uh, either uh, unexpected or as a result of a, a residual risk that the control has failed from, that timeline shrinks dramatically. Mm. Um, and boards, I think, become uncomfortable around how to deal with that really rapid onset uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this dynamic around, well, it's impacting more heavily on the day-to-day operations of the organisation, so we'll just let the executives deal with it. Mm. And so they kind of can have the tendency to step back from it thinking it's not a strategic issue um, where it very much could be because if the crisis is going to risk the organisation's ability to meet its objectives, then the board has a role to play in that. And, Mm. and, um, And not only during the crisis, but after the crisis as well. So, you know, the board should be using that opportunity to go back and review and look at how was that managed? Did we actually have a plan in place? Was it done effectively? You know, what do we need to do to make sure that doesn't happen again? Did we actually have the right culture in place to prevent things from happening that actually did happen? You know, um, were there human factors associated with the way in which we articulated strategy that meant that people didn't quite understand what we actually expected of them to achieve in that in that period? Um, and especially when there's reputational risk associated mm. with that, um, boards really have a role to play there in making sure that fundamentally if nothing else that the the executive and the, the organization and the staff are supported through that period and that they're they're seen as an active player in that space because it's not it's not a, a role where um, they just wait for the organization to sort it out and they say okay that's done we move on um, they they're involved in setting up the environment that ultimately led to how that was managed mm. and so they've got a role to play in 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 seeing that through and monitoring as it happens. And there might be times at which during the crisis they recognise that the skill sets associated with dealing with the crisis in the organisation are not where they need to be. So they need to step over that line and provide some mentoring and direct support to the yeah. executives around how they're actually going to deal with this on a database and provide that support to them um, and make sure that they're supported through that process. So I think um, boards often get lost and overwhelmed during a crisis and with risk when they when they don't appreciate that um, there are opportunities for them to be more involved in that process in supporting the implementation of that mm. and um, and that it's not just about eliminating risk but it's also about managing risk taking um, yeah. and that um, that there's there's value in risk taking just as much as there's value in eliminating risk and they need Absolutely. to be able to 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 be conscious of their role in that um and setting the risk appetite can help that mm-hmm. but that's also a really challenging process to do because that's that's just as much about understanding the the threats as it is about understanding the opportunities um and and if you're too focused on the compliance and control side, you then also risk killing the innovation side that Absolutely. risk can, can create value for. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
it can be a confusing space. It mm-hmm. can be an overwhelming space. Um, it can be a space that um, often too, if organisationally, um, there are some people who are really strong around managing risk and compliance in the organisation, it can be really easy for boards to almost default to that being taken care of yeah. by the internal processes within the organisation and effectively see that as a compliance tick yep. and miss the opportunity to actually see that as as a strategic opportunity to actually leverage off off you know other aspects of the organization and move the organization forward yeah i see it like when you spend all these time and money investing in writing policies only to have yeah. them sit in a file somewhere and yes. never yeah. be used yeah. absolutely but the the question i always get uh with boards that i work with is where do you draw that line particularly around risk when you look at all of the potential things that could go wrong um where is that like how then does a board limit itself appropriately to the right things that they need to be thinking about yeah look it is a hard question because there there, there is so much in risk um that um that you don't want to step over the line and start doing management's role mm-hmm. um, and you but you want to stay stay um, focused so i think there's there, there's opportunities to, I guess, when you're doing your environmental scan of the organisation and you're setting your strategy and you're de- de- determining what your key risks are associated with, um, what is likely to go wrong um, to prevent you meeting those outcomes, that's going to give you an opportunity to draw effectively a, almost like an inner circle around what your main risks are. Mm-hmm. So I think if if the board focuses on that inner circle, you can then do an outer circle, which are all the peripheral issues that are associated with risks that could prevent that. And it's almost like an opportunity to monitor that. So um, you then set up a risk management program that takes care of your inner circle risks and the things that you know that you want to manage to achieve your outcomes. But you also know there's things that are maybe just over the horizon that you're worried about that the likelihood is not high, but the consequence might be a bit high. And so you want to keep an eye on those things. And I think there's an opportunity for boards to, through the monitoring process, to be constantly scanning that horizon and looking for where those those environments change. And risk is a dynamic thing, so you can't... It's not something I don't think you can just do once a year and mm. get a report and be done with it. You've, you've, you've constantly got to be scanning the horizon and using the skills that the board members bring with them and their understanding of the environment and the industries they're in to look at where they might come up. And so having risk on the agenda can be useful to say, how, we, how is our horizon scanning at the moment? What are, what, are, what, are our, what are the future trends? What are the emerging issues that we're seeing? Um, and are we seeing those being effectively considered by the organisation in its management of achieving their objectives? Um, or, are there, or are there things on the horizon? Because in boards looking at strategy, they're looking for beyond what they're dealing with now. So I think it's also an opportunity for boards to say, let's not worry about everything. If we wrote a list of everything that could possibly happen, we'll be overwhelmed. Yeah. But also, too, there's an opportunity to say, let's make sure we don't just close our eyes to it. Um, yeah. So it's a bit of a balance. And I think there's an opportunity to at least regularly go back and review you know, these are the things that are on the horizon. Are they increasing? Do we need to have more concern over them? Or is it still just a watching brief and, and you know, you know the rest of the industry is experiencing this as well uh, and we're in no better or worse position if it, something happens than, mm. than our competitors and so 
you know, will accept that. So I guess part of it is also being comfortable with what level of risk you're going to accept. Yeah. And part of that is in being clear about the way in which you set your um, risk appetite and, and, and being comfortable in that. Um, um, because you can tend to worry and over-worry, um, but you're, if you set a good risk appetite, if you understand what you're willing to accept, and if you come back to use that as your measure, um, then you can be confident that what you're managing and mitigating is and what you're using as opportunities is appropriate for where you are at that particular point in time. Yeah, and absolutely that's dynamic. Absolutely. Once a year. And that's why why it's not a once a year thing. And I think think sometimes um, boards with, especially boards that have risk committees Mm -hmm. that sort of almost delegate some of that thinking to that committee can fall into the trap of thinking, well, I've had a report, so they tick the box. And they don't sort of then interrogate that a bit more. And I think there's an opportunity to really look at those reports differently and say, am I getting all the information from that that I think I need? Yeah. So on that then, what are some simple and practical ways that boards can start doing risk, risk management more effectively? Yeah, look, I think there's, there's a couple of things that I think are really helpful. And one is, um, you know, that five whys analysis. So when you look at your risks and you break it down, it's almost like that root cause, you know, um, if what so, what if what so, what, why is this happening, why is this happening? And I think that's a really useful tool for, for boards to go through periodically to just check in to see where their risks are sitting. Mm-hmm. The other thing I think is useful is to is to actually ask the question and, and stress test some of their risks and some of their um, controls to that and say, well, you know, um, what's the worst case scenario here? And do some sort of scenario planning and exercising around um, are they actually really prepared to deal with that um, if, if that risk is realised? Um, and are those controls actually effective? And is there any residual um, implications for those risks that we haven't actually considered that mm. we, need to, we need to be on top of? So I think, I think boards can... Um, you know, we use some really simple tools to just get that thinking around that and use that to review and evaluate and, and use that as part of their monitoring. Yeah, or bring in someone like you who yeah. has fun in this space. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So look, you know, um, bringing in additional capability um, to to check where they're, they're at, to, uh, to um, bring a different insight into the organisation, consider um, um, uh, bringing in um, technical support um, or expertise for a particular period of time um, the other thing is write a plan um, you know so um, if if you've if you've identified a whole range of risks and you want to be able to mitigate and manage those write a plan for how you will deal with it but more importantly make sure that plan is tested and exercised because there's no point writing yes. a plan so if <laughs> it isn't something that actually is what people will do when when something happens um, people will naturally divert um default to what is comfortable for them to do during a crisis Uh, and if that is not an inherent part of the way you want them to operate then that can be a that can be a significant misalignment to what you actually want them to achieve in the plan and what actually happens and and that's something i think is underappreciated by organizations and boards in setting what they actually want people to do during a crisis so having a plan but testing that plan challenging people and not only the process, the processes are really easy to test. Mm-hmm. It's people's reaction to what actually happens that you least expect. You know, you expect people to do what they would normally do um, and it's those expectations that you need to test because that's not what's likely to happen. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Well, on that note, David, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and excitement about thank such you. a I topic. That... We've <laughs> talked about this for a a long time but I'm sure you could do that <laughs> maybe not for the most of us but thank you so much 
Can you share, please, with the listeners how they could get in touch with you to find out more? Yeah, absolutely. Look, uh, they can email me at david at resilienceplanning.com.au or I've got a website, resilienceplanning.com.au. So um, just drop me an email, uh, get in touch. I'm happy to talk to people more about uh, risk and crisis management. That's great. And we'll put all those links in the show notes. So thank you again, David. Thank you, Lisa. You've reached the end of another episode of the Board Shorts podcast. Connect with us at getonboardaustralia.com.au forward slash podcast, where you can leave your requests for future guests and topics to cover. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter to receive information and resources to help you thrive in the boardroom. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes or your preferred podcast listening app to subscribe, rate and leave a review. I'd really appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.